Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. You are listening to the Therapy as a Christian podcast. I am your host, Roz and Renee. Hey, y'all, it's episode number two. Oh, my goodness. First of all, let me just say, I am so overwhelmed with gratitude. I didn't think that the launch of this podcast would be what it was and you know when you start something and you're just like really trying to get something to purpose like I told y'all in the first episode it just feels like it never gets here and then when you release it the amount of love that I received from this podcast just being out is so I just am so grateful to God I'm thankful for y'all I constantly pray for y'all and I just didn't think that people would listen honestly (laughs) and I know that sounds crazy to say because so many people have said oh wow this has been such a episode one was such a blessing and I'm just like wow I just have so many more things if episode one was a blessing I'm just so excited for what God's gonna do through this podcast for y'all so Again, my name is Rosalind Renee. You're listening to the Therapy is a Christian podcast. We are in episode two, and I am going to be talking to you today about five ways therapy helped me find God. And I know that may seem like a interesting title, but I wanted to kind of say that because I think um, finding God is a sometimes like ongoing thing. I know the Bible talks about Christ being with us as soon as we um, become saved and we receive the Holy Spirit. He is with us through everything. But I think there are times when you become saved, you still don't have a knowledge of like sometimes who God is. And so um, throughout my therapy experience, I realized that my perception of God was really kind of weighed on like other people and their experience with God. And so I really didn't have a clear idea of like who God was to me personally. And so um, one of the episodes I have coming up actually is going to be talking about my untrue perception of God, which I'm really excited to share the episode with you all. But I want to talk about how uncovering a lot of things in therapy helped me really to see and put a really put a like really put glasses on to see God in a different way. And so um, 
I found God in a deeper way this year of going through therapy and it was so helpful. So I have five points that I'm going to kind of touch on and get into a little bit. Um, Definitely, if you find this episode to be helpful, share with me. Um, Find me on Instagram. My uh, Instagram name is Rosalind Renee. Send me an email, therapy as a Christian at gmail.com. But we're going to get into the points really quickly. And so the first way that therapy helps me find God was it I realized that I re- therapy helped me realize how much I needed God. And I think it came from this idea of humility versus like having it all together. And kind of in the time frame we live in now, we're so exposed to everyone's lives. And that can be a good thing or a bad thing if you don't know how to really utilize the exposure of other people's lives. Um, and so it can seem like the highlight reel, of uh, which I talk about often, can make it seem like everyone has it all together and everybody's doing so great that it doesn't paint a picture of like what is real life for everyone. But I think we're getting out of that space where we're really saying like, no, everybody doesn't have it all together. And so this idea of humility, for me, I thought that because I had all these accolades and like degrees and had a great job and like was in a relationship and it was going great and just like all these things seemed to like have it all together but what I realized was like I was jacked up and none of those things mean nothing if your happiness is not all the way together and so I realized like I needed God I needed God in every fabric of my being I needed him to kind of just come in and help me because I realized I didn't have which I'll talk about in the next point but I didn't really have an identity of who I was aside from all the things that were happening in my life and I was really I realized I was a big people pleaser um I think when you in this aspect of people pleasing it can come from I'll try to talk about this and not make it seem as if like helping people is a bad thing. But I think we have to really kind of be aware of our motives when we do things. Are we doing things to please people? Are we doing things because we really want to help? And so I know for me, I realized I was a big people pleaser. I wanted everybody's feelings to be together. And if I hurt their feelings, I felt bad. And I really didn't have the idea of what is it that I need versus if somebody else is okay, does that equate to me being okay? And it doesn't because there's a separation. And so I needed God to really kind of um, humble me to make me see like the separation is that I need to please him. I need to be pleasing God, not people. I don't need to um, burden myself or put extra tasks on me to make somebody else who I may think is in this high place great in my eyes seem great when I have any, I'm not even pleasing the one who knows me. And so, y'all, I think I dealt with that when I just kind of 
really works through my identity, uh, which I'll talk about that next. And like, how do you find your identity? I realized that I didn't um, grow up with somebody pouring who I was into me. I, I think I was loved, but I didn't really know what being loved meant. And I hope I'm explaining this right. Um, so when I say having it all together, I associated having it all together or being great with accolades and happenings. So I really just needed God to show me um, what it was like to please him and really have humility. So the second thing from therapy and how therapy really helped me find God was I developed a consistency with myself. So I kind of said about having it all together versus this idea of humility. Um, Self-care is important. And I think we talk about self-care and I will say this till I am blue in the face. Self-care can be going to get your nails done, going to get your hair done. But truly self-care is a, is a, feeling of happiness with yourself, with your life, with the compassion you give yourself. And I have come to realize that if I am not good to me, I am absolutely horrible to other people. I, if you think about it, let's go back to a time. And I don't know if this is for everybody, but when you're in college and you're literally working your butt off, running on fumes Life feels so busy and feels so overwhelming that you don't feel like you're clear on like, what's like, what's going on with me? And so when you feel like you're running, running, running in your life and you really don't take the time to give yourself a minute to just break, I think that that can really make you empty and it can make you feel like you're pouring from an empty well. And so I developed this selfishness with myself, especially this year. Um, if you listen to this podcast, it's the end of 2018, December 2018, um, where I just was like, you know what, bro, I'm putting a lot of stuff down. Like, I'm not about to commit to a bunch of events. I'm not about to commit to a bunch of um, outings, really, because it's like I got to figure out what's up with me. I got to see where I'm at. I need to start developing some daily habits that are going to pour into myself. Not this like I go on a vacation once a year or maybe once every other month or something. I go get a massage and that's like my only self-care for myself. It's like I need to develop some daily practices, man, because if I don't, bruh, like I'm not going to be any good. And so... I think when you're pulled in different directions, you have to recognize when you need a minute um, and love on yourself. I know that we talk about um, when Christ in the Bible, when Christ was, you know, doing ministry, he often separated and spent time with God. That was something we saw often. Now, he may have done, you know, miracles um, or you know, seeing the miracle of him walking on water. But we saw throughout his entire stage of ministry, him often taking time away to spend time with his father. And it wasn't in a way that was like, you know, once in a while, he did it all the time, y'all. 
Why did he do that? Why did he take time to separate? Why did he take time where it was in a time, certain seasons in his life where there were time periods where he only maybe talked to one or two people? We have to really get into a place where we become selfish with ourselves and God and really be like, Lord, help me understand, develop some daily practices with ourselves. Um, and that really goes into the um, thing where I said, when I developed consistency with myself, I started to really see who am I? Like, who is my identity? Like, who am I as a person? Am I all these accolades that I am? But who am I as a person? What do I enjoy? What do I like? And I think those were things that God wanted me to see. Like, this is who I made you to be. Those things that are attached to you are a part of who you are, but they don't identify. That's not your identity, Roslyn. And so it was very, um, it's hard to break the identity of who you think you are. Because when we go through things in life, we kind of associate the bad times with that being who we are. But that doesn't always necessarily, that's not always necessarily the case. Um, And so this is something to think about. So number three, um, therapy helps me find God in a way to really see truth and lies and how like my thoughts can be negative and positive. Excuse me, y'all. And so what I really wanted to kind of talk about with this point specifically was that our thoughts are so powerful. Uh, What we think about ourselves is so powerful. And I know there's like some research that talks about the amount of thoughts you think towards yourself in a day. I don't know the exact number. I'm not even going to try to lie, but it's a lot. And I think I really want to paint the picture for you. Now, y'all think about when God made the earth, he made it in, he thought it, he said it, it was done. And then he made us and he wanted to make us in his image. Think about how powerful that is in the sense of that we can, we can think as if we are God's like creative, we have God's creative nature. We have the ability to create things in our minds that can be positive or negative. And I think it's important to really kind of see that the influence of the enemy can, is, is always going to be negative to you it, or put you in a place where you we will always try to separate us from God. And so it's very subtle. And I, I don't want to get too much into like um, talking about negative thoughts too much. But I will say this, that the devil knows that we're creative so much so that one situation could happen and we can create an entire scenario of what a person said, what a person was going to do, how they did it, how they felt, all of this, not even in a split second, we can do that. That is a powerful thing. And so I want that to resonate with y'all because within, within ourselves, we have to remember to filter our thoughts. And so with my therapy experience, therapy gave me the opportunity to say the negative things or say the things that I really thought were true to me. And my therapist kind of, she, she always asked me the question of, is that true? What evidence do you know that that is true? So I'll give an example. And this is a very 
simple example. So me and my husband have been working on our finances all this year. And if anybody who's married, you know how it is when you combine finances with somebody. Somebody is a spender and somebody is a saver. And I I have fully come to terms with, have won a Grammy and an Oscar for being the spender. I will spend. And my spending isn't like clothes or nothing like that. I spend on little things. I will go on Walgreens and maybe go in there and buy female products, for example, and will come out with... Baby, one time I went in there and I went and bought some floss. Why am I buying ice cream? And I'm just like, oh, we don't have ice cream at the house. I might as well just get ice cream out of Walgreens. Like, why are you buying why are you buying ice cream at Walgreens? But anyway, so my husband is the saver and he's he's he stays on top of the spending. And so when you are single. You have only yourself to watch your your money. You don't have nobody over your shoulders telling you, why did you buy this? And not to say that he's that kind of person because he's not. But he would say stuff like, babe, what did you go buy? Or I would come in with stuff and he's like, what's this? How did you what? When did you spend? When did you spend money on this? And I'm just like, I mean, so I would get nervous <laughs> And it's funny now because we've gotten so much better. But I would get nervous to tell him things because I would just think in my mind, he's going to say say something to me. And not even say something just like, hey, why did you spend this money? But I would go into this full-blown thing that he's going to go off on me. And that, and like, honestly, y'all, that is not his nature at all. He's a very sweet, kind person, very calm nature, doesn't go off. But I had created this whole scenario in my mind out of fear Because I was just like, I don't want to tell him about my finances. I was fearful because I had just really kind of not dealt with somebody else knowing the way that I spend money. I had some money issues. So I remember going to therapy specifically and I told my therapist, I said, I cannot tell my husband about my finances this girl and she was like why I said he is going to flip he's gonna turn the table over like I had just kind of created this whole scenario and she literally said to me how do you know that is true what evidence do you have that that's true and I had to tell her like sick of being upsold at gyms my guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. I don't have any evidence. And she was like, exactly. You're making these things and these stories in your mind of something that might happen. Well, it really may not happen. And I will tell y'all, he is so supportive of the fact that I'm a spender. But he's like, he does talk to me. He's like, babe, we got to do this, this, this. We got this going on. And so I think you have to really recognize that your thoughts are so powerful. You will create fearful scenarios and put yourself in a stagnant place from just your thinking. And so therapy kind of helped me expose that a little bit. But I want to get into kind of even some 
like specifics within thoughts. So there is this um, thing we we talk about in um, therapy practice called distorted thinking. And if you know what the word distorted means, um, I I don't really have the definition for me. I should have looked that up before I started recording. But basically, distorted thinking is like this... um, kind of like when you're in the desert or if you've seen cartoons or like the movies where there is a desert and something's far away and it may seem like it's real but then when you get up on it it's like that's not what it is kind of that's what distorted thinking is it's like something seems real but really when you look at it it's really not real and so there are different types of distorted thinking um, but it comes from these thoughts in our minds and our reactions to those thoughts. So I'm going to give a couple of examples of just ways that I have in the past, sometimes now, but I'm so much better about recognizing when I'm thinking this way and can kind of stop it. And so I think, um, I don't want to also paint the picture that um, sometimes you overcome stuff, honestly, but there are some areas that you, when you're learning how to deal with Um, certain things you're still working through. The biggest thing that I will say therapy taught me is building my self-awareness and knowing when something happens to know how to deal with it. So the first, um, there's a whole list of distorted thoughts. I I challenge you to Google it. Um, But the first one is jumping to conclusions. Y'all, I am, I won't say am. I will not take that in Jesus name. I was the queen of jumping to conclusions. So just kind of that scenario I gave y'all about my husband and the finances of just like he gonna turn up on me. I jumped to every conclusion there was under the sun. So the description of jumping to conclusions was drawing a conclusion without taking the needed time to reason through the argument. So something would have, something happens and you think, oh, it's going to be this, 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 or this person said this. So maybe they were thinking this, this, this about me. How do you know, bruh? Bruh, like, how do you know? What evidence do you have to make that conclusion and y'all I I don't you know I I say to God all the time like you really helped your girl because bro I used to jump to conclusions about everything and it would be just little stuff like God if I oh my God I can't even really think of nothing on the top of my head but just the aspect of like always thinking something bad is gonna happen or I'm not going to be able to do this if I make this decision. It's like, just do it. And it can be hard when you're in it. I'm not even trying to discount the way I used to think because I really had a struggle with this. Um, So I just wanted to kind of offer that example. The second thing was black and white thinking. Um, And basically this kind of black and white is there's no gray area There's no middle ground and it's basically something is all bad or all good and there's no in between. And so basically some things that I used to think was um, my life is a disaster. Like everything's going wrong. There's nothing that's going good. Um, One wrong thing would happen is nothing's good. Nothing is good right now. Everything is all bad. And it could be from a simple conversation or 
a decision I didn't want to make or um, a situation where it was something outside of my control and I would just literally blame everything on it. And it's really hard when your mind and heart are in the right place, but you kind of have all these things overweighing um, your thoughts. And it can be really hard, y'all. I'm not going to paint the picture like it's easy. It can be really hard. Um, another one was, I can't do anything right. Um, I would really kind of make, um, or I would be really afraid of mistakes. I know that was one thing that I struggled with. And that goes back to the thing of having it all together where I beat myself up if I felt like I was making a mistake. And if, and if God wasn't proud of me, then I can't do anything right because I just, used to beat myself up really bad um, and not show compassion, which is hard. It is really, really hard. And so therapy just really taught me the value of knowing the truth of myself, but also recognizing when lies, like those things were lies um, that I was really telling myself and really just negative, real negative thinking. Um, The last one was mental filtering, and it basically means focusing on the negative and neglecting the positive. So kind of going back to that thing where nothing's right in my life, but only looking at all the bad things, not recognizing or having any gratitude for the good things like having a job or having a great husband or having a nice car or being able to have a nice home to live in, just neglecting everything that's good. And Focusing on the bad. I know that was something I struggled with when I was um, really kind of asking and working through this kind of obsession with purpose, which I'll talk about in another episode that I have planned. It's just kind of this obsession with purpose. And when I felt like I wasn't hitting my purpose or I felt like I wasn't doing my purpose, I just blamed and kind of talked down to myself and said nothing in my life is right. So just really sad, really, really sad things. Um, And so I just wanted to also say that these are really things reacting from a hurt place. And I don't want to neglect that negativity can be something that um, if it's not really combated with positive or if you're really just kind of believing the lies, It can be hard to kind of get out of it, but that's why you really have to learn to talk about what's happening and what you're thinking to really expose, is that true? What is the evidence that you have that's true? And talk through that and process that in therapy. So the fourth thing that I realized with um, how therapy helped me find God was I realized that the Holy Spirit was really, really, really there to help me and his ability to help me. I think one of the things that I struggled with, um, because I'll paint, I'll really, really tell y'all, I did not, I had a really hard time um, liking God. And that may come, that may seem like a surprise, but I really, at one point in time, did not like God. I was like, I don't like you, bro. Like you are allowing so many things to happen in my life that this does, I'll talk about it in the next points. I won't jump ahead too far, but I really just didn't like him. And so 
I neglected giving space for God to come into my life because I had all these feelings towards him. And I wanted the Holy Spirit to help me, but I didn't know how to give space to him because I just felt so hurt. And so I realized that I had to let the Holy Spirit help me. Um, And that was as simple as building my relationship with God, inviting him in. I would, I remember there were times when I was in college and I was really, 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 really sad. Um, I remember journaling for years and like asking God, like, what is wrong with me? Why am I so sad? What's happening? Um, and I'll talk about that again in my, uh, untrue perception of God, but I didn't allow the Holy Spirit to help me. I think we neglect the power, the true, true power of the Holy Spirit. This spirit that we talk about, the Holy Spirit, is the exact same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. And I don't want y'all to like neglect the power in that because if this spirit that lives with us and lives inside of us rose our savior from the dead. Imagine what he would do in your life when you just allow him to help heal you emotionally. If if he can take something that's completely dead and wake it up and make it arise to go to heaven, what makes you think that this Holy Spirit can't help you with your emotions or can't heal you from a relationship or heal you from a miscarriage or heal you from a molestation and or heal you from a domestic violence relationship or heal you from a divorce or heal you from, you know, negative thoughts you think about you or heal you from daddy issues or mommy issues or help you deal with a broken relationship or um a child that you're having a hard time with, what makes you think that he can't do it? We have to stir our faith up. And so give space to God. I think um, I started to treat God as a reciprocal relationship. Instead of take, 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 it was like, Lord, what can I give you? And really God just wanted my heart. And when I started opening myself up in therapy, I saw that it was really strange. I'm not even going to lie to you. It was really hard for me to open up at first. But when I did, I was like, child, God was ready for me to let that stuff go. He wanted to come in and really help me. So I just really started building my relationship with him. And um, I, I know that it can be hard to build a relationship with God when you kind of feel a little lost or not really sure how to do that. Um, but building relationship with God is important. Get around some people that can pour into your life. If you don't have people that can pour into your life, go listen to some sermons on YouTube. Get those positive messages in and hear it constantly in your ear and let God help you. In conjunction with going to therapy, don't just let going to therapy be the end all be all. When you leave there, do the homework, work on the stuff. Let the Holy Spirit teach you how to heal, teach you what scriptures to dwell on. Um, Don't neglect that because you may not have a therapist that is Christian that may um, or maybe they are Christian, but they may not speak like about the Bible, but you can take what you learn and go with God and like sit before the Lord and say, help me dissect this. Help me understand why am I so sad? Help me understand why my life was like this or all of those things and build relationship with God. Um, 
And that goes into the fifth and final thing of, you know, God desired to heal me. And it was some healing that took place, Jesus. So I realized that when I met God halfway, he met me all the way there. It was like I took two steps and he took 50 to heal me. And it was really um, overwhelming because I just had this perception that you're that for so long that he was punishing me, that because I was so depressed that it was a punishment. And it's like, if you're the creator of the universe and you can snap your fingers and change this, why haven't you changed my situation? It was like, I didn't like God. I really, at one point I was like, I think I hate this man. Like I did not like him. And I will say that to people. It's like, I, at one point I didn't like God because I just didn't, understand I was reacting from such a hurt place y'all trauma will make you think that something is real and it's really not and so I just blamed God for so long about my life when all in actuality he just wanted me to meet him halfway um and so I just began to really see from being in therapy, like how much God wanted to heal me. And when I say heal, y'all, it hurt a lot to deal with life that had happened up until that point. It was a hurtful space. It wasn't fun, but it was so, I grew so close to God from being vulnerable and opening up about my life with a person sitting across from me and I was on their couch talking, I was so vulnerable, but I was so strong for letting that vulnerability out because up until that point, I thought God didn't like me. So I just blamed him. Um, and in the next episode, I'm going to talk about this, these thoughts of like, God didn't like me or I didn't like God or kind of some things I used to do because these are real feelings. Like I felt this um, and I'll talk about kind of where that came from. But I think what I realized was God was trying to prune me so that I could grow. And literally he wanted to take back what the enemy stole from me which was my life and my happiness. And now I'm still in therapy, but now I feel so free because I don't feel weighed down. It's almost like one of those things where you, you, and you have an attic and you clear it out and you put, you keep some things, you throw out most of the things. I have so much more space to put good things into my space I'm no longer weighed down by all the negative and old things I kept, things I didn't need, old yearbooks of memories and hurt and pain and containers full of shoulda, woulda, couldas, or this person hurt me or this person disappointed me and put in place space for great things to be stored. Um, And so I just want to offer this to say like, Therapy helped me to see God differently. It helped me find him. It helped me see who he was in his word. Um, And I'm trying not to get emotional because this is emotional even talking about it. But I truly think that it's best to 
get that mess out. Like I was going to say another word, but I'm not going to say that. But get it out um, and talk about it. So those are my five points. And that's all I really wanted to share with you guys. So I'm going to probably get off this podcast and go shed some thug tears from just (laughs) true just thankfulness for my journey. But I want you to have the same journey. I want you to experience happiness. And so um, if my testimony can help you do that, I'm so thankful. So send me a message if you found this helpful. I love hearing from you guys. It makes me literally continue to push to do this because I just know that God is so good and he loves you so much. So um, that's all for this week's episode. I will talk to you all soon. If you have any questions, check the show notes for any information. I always put resources on how to find a therapist and um, the websites I've used. If you have questions, shoot me a message and I will talk to you soon. Have a good one. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.